Hello, and welcome to the Abundant Life Christian Center podcast, where our mission is to see you focused, faithful, fruitful, and fulfilled. We just ask that you listen with an expectation to receive. And stay tuned after this episode to find out how you can further connect with us. 28 years, and that's still in him. It didn't leave him, you know, and he, he could still march. If we started marching, he's still marching. Are you with me? Oh, does that make sense? So what if we train our children like that? So that when, you know, just to live that way, so that no matter what came their way, they had their faith and their trust in him and they would be okay. Because they knew what to do, because they're not going to have you always, but they can have him always. Did you just catch what I just said? They may not have you always, but they can have them, him always. He said, I'll never leave nor forsake. One day I'm going to leave, but they always have him. If I can teach my children how to have him now, when I'm not here, they'll have him. And they'll be able to live a successful life because, not because of me, but because of him. Amen? All right? Because their trust is in him. Look at this. Train up a child in the way he should go and keep it in with his individual gift. Now, I'm reading out the Amplified Cat Classic. And when he is whole, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22 and 6. Now, write this down because I want you to get this. A child needs training. The job of a parent is not simply to let him grow up in a particular way. The job, the job of a parent is just not for me to allow my child to grow up any kind of way. But to train or to train up or to initiate, it means it signifies to dedicate. And whenever we talk about dedication, we're talking about someone or something that we dedicate all to God. Amen. We dedicate that. I believe that was Samuel who got dedicated, wasn't it? You know, uh, Hannah dedicated him to the Lord. Amen. How about we start that? Why are we bringing our children up here telling me, Pastor, well, we want to dedicate our child. Well, if you're going to dedicate your child, you're making a decision at that point that I'm going to train this little blessing up to be in the glory and the honor of the Lord. They're going to know about God all throughout their life. Amen. What are we teaching our kids? We're teaching our kids what truth is so that they can identify a lie. Somebody say amen. If I teach a little Ashad when he's young, this little, what is a lie, he will identify, or what the truth is, he will know what a lie is. You know, you get away from this crazy pronoun and all that other stuff. You letting your kid be taught by somebody else. Somebody say amen to that. Well, little Billy, he's five years old. Oh, sorry, Billy. He's a little six years old. He don't know who he is. And you're, you're telling him he doesn't, he doesn't know he, whether he's a boy or a girl. Let me help you. There are certain things we can look at and go, yep, that's who you are. That's right. When we don't know who we are, we change who we are. That's right. And we get caught up in somebody else's image of who God says we are. And then when we get caught up in somebody's image of who we, they say we are, we act like they want us to act. But once we understand who God is and what he says we are, we act like that. David acted like he acted like a king when he was a boy. 
Amen. That took a real man to stand. That took a man. David was acting like a man when he stood in front of Goliath. But he was a boy. Now, a boy was standing in front of Goliath, but he was actually a man because all the men was chilling. They even told David, did you see him? I don't know if you looked at what you saw. Did you see him? Stop being, see, you always being silly. And David stood up and David was like, well, glory to God. And we got a covenant with God. Somebody had to tell David he had a covenant. Because at that young age, he didn't forget his covenant. But that just shows you there are people who may know of the covenant, but don't believe in it. Do you see what I mean? And see, and if you're not careful, you might be chilling with folk who don't believe in the covenant, but have knowledge of it. We got to get paid. Revelation says, I believe in this thing. I take it on. Does that make sense? So now David stands in front of Goliath. He, he tells him, he tells Goliath, you uncircumcised. He told him. When he said, you uncircumcised Philistine, he said, you will die today because you don't have no covenant with God. I have a covenant with God. That means God's going to fight with and for me. What are you teaching your kids? When you teach your kids this, they too can stand before any Goliath in their life. That's what you want. You want to be able to, so that he or she stands before God and goes, no, I know who my God is. When you trust and you rely, when you trust and you rely on God, you don't need nobody else. You don't need another group. You don't need nothing else. All you need is him. That's what we were trying to get. That's where we were trying to get folk to, to recognize when I know who my God is, I don't need nothing else. Are y'all catching what I'm saying? We do things because we don't know who he is. When we know who he is, we don't do those things again. Okay. Can I, can I give you a few things before I go? Look at this. Why, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying it is our responsibility to train. We do our part and let God do the rest. Are y'all following me? You're trying to, trying to fulfill his promises. Let God fulfill the promise. That's his job. Your job is just to do what I told you to do. But many of us ain't doing what he told, it, what we, he told us to do. I'm going to show you some things you should do to train, right? All right. Look at Genesis 18. I love this. Why? Because it shows us that God at the beginning, one of the first families or second family or whatever, Jesus, God is now telling Abraham, I want you to train your kids. I love you because you're going to train your kids to be like me. Look at this. Look at this. He says this. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation? Galatians 18, 17, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him, for I have known him in order. Oh, I love this. Y'all see this? Everybody look at this. In order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they, that they, that they keep the way of the Lord. He just said, I'm going to, I love it because he's going to command them to keep what I say, keep what I want. 
That's what Abraham's going to do. We saw this the same with Joshua. You don't have to turn there. Joshua 24 and 15. Joshua made a statement and Joshua said, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It's a declaration that our house is going to be a godly house. Our house is going to be a lifestyle of loving God, of trusting God, of relying on God. And when we find out that we're not that, we're going to repent. Amen. But for me, we're going to bring up our house like this. It's just the way it is. Years ago, years ago, real quick, I got to hurry up. Years ago, um, Reese, you remember this? Years ago, Reese was real good at cheerleading. Amen. She was on that, uh, what was she? uh, She was on that competition cheerleading stuff. You know, just really good. Really good. I liked it. I mean, when she was in high school, she was good. But when she went on this competition thing, to me, she really got real good. You know what I mean? Where you go. I didn't know cheerleading was a sport. I was like, ain't no sport. Cheerleading, rah, rah. But then when I went to a competition, I seen them flipping and turning. And then the moms had bottles going. I was like, oh, this is serious. I mean, it was packed out. I was like, this is real. I was like, whoa, people are something else. And, but there was one time that Reese wanted to uh, compete with another team. And this other team, she was already on a good team, but this other team was a real good team, you know. And this other team was also, and uh, this other team was uh, also a traveling team, right? They traveled, man, so you know they serious. They coming to your house, bringing their little flips with them, you know, and their little makeup and all that. And, um, well, they make them up a lot worse now than they did back then. But praise Jesus. And uh, so Reese tried out for this squad. I hope this doesn't offend you, but Reese tried out for, for this squad. And uh, I knew she was good, and I knew she was good enough to get on the squad. While she was trying out, she was doing her stuff. And uh, I went and I think I went then and had a conversation with Coach because I had already had a conversation with Reese. I said, Reese, you know, we're good, right? Remember? I think we had that conversation, right? And I said, Reese, we're good, right? You understand, right? You understand what we do. You understand who we are. I said, I love little competition thing, you real good, but you do realize Sunday is non-negotiable. You know, and so I asked them, I said, so are y'all going to be which come on Sundays and everything? And, I, and they said, well, you know, because they, they, they were selling me first, they said, well, it might be a Sunday here, a Sunday there. And I was like, okay, talk to me. And they said, yeah, but we're going to do a whole lot of Sundays, a whole lot of Sundays, so you don't really believe in God. No, I said that. I was like, nah. And she made the squad. She made the squad. But then I told her, I said, they on Sundays. We won't be. Then I, I think it went down like that. We won't be able to have that competition. You won't be able to be a part of this team. But you did awesome. I appreciate what you did, but you understand we still represent here. As long as I'm the priest. We ain't doing that. She was okay. 
She didn't. Were you upset? I don't think she was upset. She wasn't. Because we had already, as a parent, I had already had a conversation with her. As a parent, she, I didn't spring nothing on her new. Like, okay, now we saved. Now we're going to do it. <laughs> you know, that made them. No, no, she understood. She understood where our loyalties lied. She was good. And I said, there'll be another opportunities. There are other things. But we're not going to give up what God said. Now, you, you may think different than me on that. Well, you don't have to believe God. You, you see what it just said? You can think different. You can be different. But if you're going to command your children after the Lord, how about doing what he tells you to do? You cannot expect your child to follow you if you're not doing what God himself told you to do. Somebody say amen to that. You want them to come to church, but you won't go. Somebody say amen. Oh, I told you, I ain't, you know, I know which go. Look, Samuel told Eli, Eli was told by God, listen to this before I give you a few points. Eli was told by God that you got to correct your children. And when he didn't correct them, that was a problem for God. God did not leave that up to the school system. He left it up to Eli because he said, Eli, it is your responsibility to train your child. It is your responsibility to put them in place. There's sometimes I got a whole message on sometimes in life. There is what's that called? Teresa, I told you that this morning. Um. Sometimes in life, when it comes to your children, you have to do what is called tough love. Tough love is tough decisions that you have to make to help them make good decisions. Did you hear what I just said? Tough decisions that you'll have to make so that they'll make good decisions. Because if you don't have tough love, sometimes they do what they want. Because they know you push over. No, sometimes I got to tell you, no, we're not going to do that. Amen. As a parent, I hate to tell you, but everything is a yes. And sometimes there are no's. And sometimes you've got to stick on that no. That no will tear you up. I mean, y'all ever had a kid, you, you said no to him and you like, I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say no to him, but I know it's good for him. Amen. And you just had to say no and then you had to stick with it. And you were like, Lord, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. And that, that's where you have to ask God to help you and not you, because emotionally you get in tied with your children. And if you're not careful, you will let them have everything that you thought they needed. And sometimes you just got to say no. Hey, man, they can't have every toy. No. I won't go hang out with this one. No. It's hard, ain't it? Well, mama, why do you think it's wrong for me to hang out with this one? Because... And then sometimes have a conversation. Look at your neighbor and say, sometimes a conversation is a good one. But sometimes there will be times you're going to have to be tough mom or tough dad. And guess what? When you're tough mama and tough daddy sometimes, you're not going to be the most popular mom and dad on the block. Matter of fact, sometimes they'll even walk past you and look at you funny. And that's when you go fix your face. Fix your face, fix your face, fix your face. 
you know, something wrong. <laughs> My mama and them didn't have to say fix your face. They knew Kung Fu. I made your mama, her, it seemed like her arm could go elastic. You thought you were far enough away until you, whack. And then you went slow motion, you were like, this is real. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God, glory to God. Amen. I'm still here today, you know, and I thank God for the correction that was made in my life by my parents. They did not want me, my parent, my son, my dad would always tell me, uh, I'm trying not to let you go down to one place. There are certain things I don't want you to receive in life. He's, and then my parents, how many parents were like this? They would talk about other kids. And your kids was your friends. And they were like, see, I don't want you to be like him. Because he may end up in the clink. Where you won't go, you know? I want you to understand something, that training up your child means it's a 24-7. You, yeah, but you, you have an awesome time at the early part to bring a super influence to your children. Amen? And even after they leave your house, you're still going to have influence. Somebody say amen. So we said you train up your child. Now write these things down and we'll go. You train up your child, we said three ways, and, and we added a fourth one in, where we said you become, you change your kid up spiritually, socially, and we said skillfully. There are certain things about your child that they are real good. The, uh, you've, your child will make a decision on he or she, what they want to do in life sometimes, and you got to start helping her or him fulfill that, what God has called them to be. Amen? And spiritually, Spiritually, you should always be uh, sowing into your child's life. There are certain things spiritually that you should be teaching your kids. The first thing that you should be teaching your child spiritually is principles, principles. Now, remember, we just came out of series on principles of understanding this and understanding, again, the definition of our principles are truths that govern, truths that govern or reveal the normal operation or behavior of something. Truths, now I'm going to give you certain principles to operate in. Truths that reveal, again, or govern the normal operation of something. You should be teaching your children these principles. All right? There are principles that come along in God that your children should be learning. And mama and them, mama and daddy and them should be teaching. Amen? Your house should always be a house of learning. Write this down. My house should always be a house of learning. When, when my little neighbor came over, my little neighbor is now in my realm of influence. All right? Because he's in my house now. He's in my, he, he rode in my garage, y'all. Yesterday, he rode in my garage, and then he was like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> I was like, whoa. And I was like, you know, he rode his bike. He was like, man, this is nice. What you got here? I was like, whoa, this feel like cement. I said, this ain't cement, baby. This ain't, okay, all right. I was like, bless his little heart, but now he's in my world. He entered in. He entered into his work, my world. And did I tell you one time when he and I had a conversation? I was studying for teaching on Thursday. And he came over and we were talking. He said, what you doing? And I said, I'm getting ready for tonight. I got to teach. He's like, you got to teach? 
Did I tell you that? And he said, he said, I said, I'm a, I, I, I'm a pastor, man. I, I got to teach tonight. And he was like, you got to teach? Where you go teach it? Right? He did not know. And then when I told him, he says, I'm a Muslim. Remember I told you, he said, I'm a Muslim. I said, what is a Muslim? <laughs> he said, I'm a Muslim. My mama Muslim. My daddy Muslim. My dog a Muslim. And my grandmama Muslim. I was like, everybody Muslims? Right? He said, yeah. I saw his mother the next day. I said, uh, she said, can I talk to you? I said, oh, God, here it comes. <laughs> I did. I said, in my mind, I said, I knew it was coming. And I said, girl, I knew it was coming. Come on, bring it, bring it. I knew it because he told you who I was, and now we got us. Uh, she was like, you can tell him anything you need to tell him. You don't mind me talk to him about now nah, go ahead. Anything that's gonna help him. I was like, okay. I'm getting ready to break up this house over here. <laughs> I'm getting ready to bring the heat. <laughs> you know. He's gonna be over there preaching. You know. All right, <laughs> glory to God. But God is an awesome God. But you understand he's riding in. But when he comes into my, which come, he's in my realm of influence. Because he's in my realm of influence, I have room now to minister to this young fellow. I'm not telling him anything that's weird or anything that's all. I'm helping him in his life to, be, to find the, the true and the right one. Why? Because there are certain principles in life that every believer needs. Every person needs. A child needs this. First, there are seven principles I'm going to give you that are guaranteed to be operating. They should be operating in your life, but not only operating in your life, they should be, you should be learning more about these principles to help your child to be the best that he or she can be. Number one is organization. Remember, we just came out of a series on organization. A child should have the principle of organization because things should be organized and not disorganized. When we find disorganization, we find out of order. The will and purpose of God is for every believer to be in order. Somebody say amen to that. When you find yourself out of order, you got to find your, you got to get things in order. Amen. You know, I went to see my dad the other day and believe it or not, I had, I went and bought plants. Remember, I went and bought plants in my car, right? And my dad opened up my trunk. He, if my trunk was open, he was like, whoa, what is going on? Right? He was like, what's going on? And, it, you know, because I had dirt and stuff in my trunk. Well, you, if you know me, I'm, I don't believe in that. Amen. And so the other day I was like, man, I got to get this out of there. So I'm vacuuming and vacuuming. Why? Because to me, that's disorganization. Amen. Because the trunk wasn't made for that. Does that make sense? So I'm trying to find areas in my life that are not organized, and I need to organize them for the glory and the honor of God. The first part is spiritual. i got to be organized spiritually. Somebody say amen to that. All right, that is critical. The second, the second or letter B, the second principle that I need to work on is the principle called sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. Genesis 8 and 22 tells us seed time and harvest shall remain until the earth remains. So as a believer, I have to teach my child that seed time and harvest is here. I got to be able to sow what I sow into. I can receive a harvest from. Again, that's that area we talk about investing. That's another place that we can understand seed time and harvest. Amen. And sowing 
and reaping. Thirdly, or letter C, is stewardship. Stewardship. I got to be able to teach my children how to be good stewards over the things that God has given us. If God has given us certain things, there are certain things I should be a good steward over. There are certain things I should do well. Why? Because I should be a steward. Now you say, Pastor, what do you mean by this? Like you, even as a believer, should be a good steward. Every one of these things I'm talking about, you should be. So you say, well, how does this affect me? This affects you because you should be these things. You should be a good steward over the money. God gives you money. You should be a good steward over it. You know, my my wife was with me getting the plants and she and I I told the guy uh, there were certain plants I was getting. I said, how much are those? And I was like, and then he told me how much. He said, those are 85. I said, I can't pay 85. I said, but we'll talk. You see, you know what I was doing, right? I walked away, I came back, and I was like, okay, I got these 12, I mean, I got these six, and I said, I'll take these two, but I can't play what you would tell me I had to pay, I can't pay that, come on, let's work, let's, let's do the work. And he's like. And he's like, he's like, can you do this? I said. I can't even do that. <laughs> Can you do this? Lord? And my wife's like, I heard you over there, man. And I was like, this dude, why I'm a good steward of what God's given me. And so if God's given me $30, then I'm going to try my best to be a good steward over the $30. Amen. Why? Because I want him to be able to give me more. Amen. So I am a, I eventually got it down to where I wanted it. Amen. <laughs> I just think negotiation is a part of you being a good steward. Somebody say amen. All right, so being a good steward, I, I believe if I'm a good steward over what God has given me, then if I'm taking care of his stuff, the stuff that he's given me, then he's going to give me more. Somebody say amen. Hunt your neighbor say, be a good steward over your stuff. Amen. If God's giving you stuff, be a good steward over it. Amen. Be a good steward. Whatever God has given you, be a good steward over. Somebody say amen. Last but or letter D, letter D. I'll give you these and send you home. Letter D or get ready to send you home. Letter D, authority, authority. One of the things I have to recognize about authority is God has given me that authority to rule in the earth. Now, not to rule over people, but to rule things over in the earth. Does that make sense? I got to be honest. I got to be careful and understand this. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. When you understand your authority, remember this? When you understand your authority, you're able to walk in what God has. The enemy doesn't have the right. Listen to this. The enemy doesn't have the right. He's really illegal. He's using authority illegally in the earth. In order to operate in authority in the earth, you need a body. All right. That's why Jesus had to come. That's why God came through Jesus, through the body. Why? Because in order to operate in the earth, he needed the body. The enemy does not listen to this. The enemy doesn't have a birth certificate. That's enough where you go. What? Yeah. And the only way he can operate is through you. And you have to okay whatever he wants to do in your life. <laughs> Amen. That's why when you understand authority, you have the ability to call things what God has already said into existence. Somebody say amen. What God had already promised. That walks me to the next principle. The next principle that we got to teach our children is love. 
what love really is. First Corinthians 13, four through eight tells us how to love. And one of the things the Bible tells us in first John three is that we cannot love unless we've received Christ Jesus in our heart. Amen. In order for us to really love. So you've got to teach your kids what love is and not what love. And so that they would un- identify what love is versus what lust is. Because they're going to fall into lust a whole time in their life. If you don't teach them what love is. Amen. Does that make sense? All right. And why? Why is this so necessary? Because when they stand before God, you want to know they were doing the will and the purpose of God. And the last one of the last two principles that we're going to teach is obedience. You teach your children how to obey, but that that good things come from obedience in Christ. You know, give them Job 36 and 11. Job 36 and 11. Put that on the screen for them. Isaiah 119 said, If I'd be willing and obedient, he said, I'll eat the good of the land. Isaiah 119. So again, obedience is the will and the purpose of God, not to hurt you, but to get you to the best of what he has. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants to get me to the best of what he has. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in and their, that's a promise. That's a promise. Why not? Why aren't you teaching your children this? That obedience in Christ is better than disobedience. Last but not least, we teach our own agreement. Agreement is me getting in agreement with God. Me agreeing with God. Amos 2, uh, Amos 3, 3 says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? God wants you and I as believers to be in agreement with him and with his word. These are certain things that you should be teaching your children. Principles, to be principle driven. When your child is principle driven, it's easy to make good decisions. They make bad decisions when they're not based on principles and the principles of what God's word says. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, I know that's right. And the second thing, and I'll leave with this. I'll, I'll just glance over this today. The second thing, so that was all under heading number one. I, the heading number one was, I have got to be principle driven. I've got to teach my children about principle. The second thing I must teach my children, whether they're grandchildren, godchildren, whatever children's in your level of influence is a pattern. They've got to be able to see, the Bible says, follow them who through faith and patience inherit the promise. They've got to be able to see you working the principle. They got to see the pattern in you. They got to see the prayer in you. They got to be able to see the pattern. You've got to be able to show them the blueprint of how it's done. Somebody say amen. And you you can't tell them to do something and then you don't do it. I want y'all to pray now, but you don't even pray. You don't believe in it. You know, I want you to be going to the church, but you don't believe in going to church yourself. You understand what I'm saying? You've got to be able to show the pattern. You know, one of the kids, one of the things my kids will tell you that there is a pattern that this boy has had. You know, we already know how dads can be on this. You know, there are certain things we don't even ask him because we already know how he is. How many of y'all, how many of y'all got parents you like that? How many of your parents like that? You already know what they're going to say. 
Glory to God. You know, uh, there are certain things you have to recognize. So continually keep the pattern. Okay, you know, one of the, can I say this before I leave? One of the greatest things that I was able, ever able to do was to tell, I don't know if I said it, I know I said it to my son, that when I missed it, I told him I missed that. I was able to say, hey, you know what? I didn't get that right. Forgive me for that. I didn't get it right. You know, sometimes as parents, it's okay to tell them and show them in the pattern, I didn't get it all right. Amen. If you're going to train up your child the way, she, the way you desire, that God wants it, you got to be honest and say, hey, you know, I ain't do everything right. And your parents, how many of y'all parents, you know your parents tried to do the best they could, but they probably didn't do everything right too. But I'm here to tell you today that we can change. And this next generation, I was, uh, who was it? I think it was Terry told me that he was listening to somebody. And it was amazing that, that, that if I'm wrong, you can tell me I'm wrong. This just happened. That they were listening to somebody teaching. And they stopped in the middle of their teaching. And they were talking about how the grandkids that came to the church. And the grandkids didn't have a clue what church was and didn't have a clue what church was about. Was that, was that what it was? Am I close? High school friend didn't have a clue. The kids didn't, right? Grandkids of the high school friend didn't have a clue what church was and what it was about. And why, why are y'all going here anyway? It's just about glory to God. If we're not careful... If you're not careful, you're going to miss another generation. And it ain't going to be better. Where there's an absence of God, there's an increase of darkness. Did you hear what I just said? Just look around. If we're increasing in darkness, that means that is enough for you to go, oh, boy, we're in trouble. You locking your door like it's crazy. You make you checking it twice before you go to bed at night. Why is that? Because there's been an increase of darkness. When there's an increase of lawlessness, there's an absence of darkness. You've got to be able to see this. When there's I mean absence absence of light, I'm sorry. When there's an absence of light, darkness increased. You hey, how many of y'all went, went into and we're out of here? How many of y'all went into a dark room last night? You turn the light on? All right, before I go, you know, when you went in that dark room, turn that light on, where did darkness go? Huh? Come on, y'all, before I go. Huh? It left, right? Darkness leaves when light appears. Why aren't you teaching your children? Because your children are going to need everything that I'm telling you and more. Your blessings are up against it. I'm older now. We talked about it. We're older. We didn't, we're not up against what you're up against. You got Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Come on. Snapchat. Crazy stuff. And it's just jumping off crazy. We didn't have all that vine for our time. Our Netflix was coming in the, in the mailbox. And we had to wait for it. 
Oh, you went to Blockbuster. Now you download. You got it immediately. You know, I mean, movies are out today and you're watching them tomorrow. You're streaming like, I already saw that. What am I saying? If we don't teach our children now, they're going to be lost later. And if our children are lost, then this generation will start to be lost. Then we're wondering, how did we get here? We got here when we allowed God to become absent in our lives. You allow God to be absent in your life, we're going to get to a place where we're seeing darkness like we've never seen it before. Thank you for joining us for this episode. We pray that you receive the life-changing word today. And remember, you can stay connected with us via text by texting ALCC to 302-204-9040. And go ahead and like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube, Spotify, and podcast channels. Now, if you would like to sow into the ministry, you may do so online at ALCC1.org or by texting ALCC and the dollar amount to 84321. And remember, Satan is defeated, darkness is dispelled, and Jesus Christ is Lord.